0: Today's episode is sponsored by Heart of Yamala with high-quality personal care products like their popular cocoa butter with baobab oil, cocoa butter without wax, and a scent that includes notes of chocolate, vanilla, amber, fruit, and musk. Go to heartofyamala.com to get yours today. That's h-e-a-r-t-o-f-y-e-m-a-l-l-a.com. It It is an elliptical shape with fields of orange and turquoise and principal appearance of lavender. Streak of white. Reminds me of the beach at sunset. It's titled The Big Egg and was created in 1968 by the abstract painter, Ed Clark. This is the whole art nebula where we explore the path less traveled, uncovering the undermined treasures in art and the stories, the history of black artists. I'd like to first start off by saying, in my initial research about the life of Ed Clark, there wasn't a whole lot online about his personal background, such as family, childhood, and so on. So, sometime in the future, I might go back for a deeper dive to see what I can find. Okay, what I did find was that Ed Clark was born in the Storyville section of New Orleans in 1926. Ten years before Clark was born, Storyville was referred to as the district where prostitution and brothels, though not legal, were tolerated. However, with World War I came new rules that stated brothels could not be within five miles of a military base. This came from the Secretary of War Newton D. Baker. So, by 1917 the brothels were closed and by the 1930s most of the Storyville section of New Orleans was torn down And replaced with public housing because of the Great Depression. As a child, still during the Depression era, he and his family moved to Chicago. From 1947 to 1951, Clark studied at the Art Institute of Chicago. While there, he was greatly encouraged by a Russian-born instructor named Louis Rittman. Rittman was an impressionist painter who was known for painting female nudes, just as his friends did. Other American Impressionists who had studied and lived in France, just as Rittman had. During World War II, Clark served in the Air Force, which enabled him to earn money from his service in Guam and later go back to art school. And in 1952, Clark picked up and moved to France to study at l'Académie de la Grande Chaumiere in Paris. I know I just butchered the name of that school, but. Il falo un poco portuguese e un espanol, mas il non falo frances. Just scoopy. Okay. In Paris, Clark received more encouragement from an instructor named Edward Gord, an Australian born expressionist painter, also known for female figures. Also, in 1952, Clark attended the exhibition Salon de Autant and was blown away by Nicholas de Stahl's painting, The Football Game. Clark was transfixed and transformed. In a 2013 interview with Jeff Edwards at Art Pulse magazine, Clark said, I'd never heard of Nicholas de Stahl before Paris. When I was in the Salon d'Automne, there were maybe 500 artists in it. Matisse would have something in there, and Picasso just for the hell of it. And most of the rest were just mediocre guys. But then I saw a painting by the Stahl like I'd never seen before. I couldn't believe it. It was the presence of it. Up front. The surface. I read later it was about football. European football. I didn't know it was about a game at first. But that was good for me because I said I'm more interested in the surface than that it's about a game. Immediately after that, everybody could see the influence in my work. In Clark's 1952 31 by 25 inch oil on canvas work, Untitled Paris, one can without doubt see the Stahl's influence on Clark, even down to the night shades and ocean tones with pops of light for contrast. I'll post the two works on the Whole Art Nebula website so that you can see it for yourself. It was also while he was in Paris working on a painting that required an exceptionally long brush that Clark began experimenting using the push brush he found in a janitor's closet. This pushing paint around with a broom would set him apart from his contemporaries. Clark referred to this as the big sweep. Clark has been quoted in an interview saying, it's like cutting through everything. It's also anger or something like it to go through it in a big sweep. He wasn't done sweeping past traditions, though. In 1957, Clark returned to the States and landed, as many artists do, in New York. He became a charter member of the Brada Gallery on 10th Street, where artists like George Sugarman, Sal Romano, Al Hild, and John Krischenik were shown. The Brada Gallery was part of the 10th Street Galleries, a collective of artists-run low-budget co-op galleries in the 50s and 60s in East Village in Manhattan in New York City. And this is the year his innovations would make him stand out in the art world. It's the year he created his famous elliptical-shaped collage canvas, Untitled. It ripped open the portal to possibilities for artists to explore new ways to display their work outside the traditional rectangular frame. The painting was later to be described in a 1972 art news article by Lawrence Campbell as the first of its kind. At the Brada Gallery's Christmas group show in 1957, Clark debuted his groundbreaking work. It may go without saying, but the Broda Gallery no longer exists. Today, in its place, is a realty company. In 1971, at an exhibition titled The Deluxe Show, curated by abstract painter Peter Bradley and housed in an abandoned movie theater in the Fifth Ward of Houston, Clark exhibited that acrylic on canvas elliptical work titled Yenom, number nine, which I just realized a few minutes ago spelled money backwards. Another elliptical painting by Clark is now in the permanent collection of the Art Institute of Chicago. In 1972, Clark made an elliptical-shaped painting titled Integrated Oval Number 1 and was exhibited in the 1973 Whitney Biennial. Grassroots organizations are the backbone of communities, and it's one of the many reasons I'm a board member of the Green Foundation. The foundation provides community health education through outreach and navigation to help individuals and families access quality health care in California. For more information or to make a donation, go to thegreenfoundation.net. Clark continued to be innovative throughout his career. Like his adoption of the push brush and the shaped canvas, He was also inspired by Native Americans as seen by his method of working on paper with dry pigment inspired by the pouring sand technique of the southwestern Pueblo people. In the Jeff Edwards 2013 interview, when asked if issues of race affected what came out of his studio or the way people interpreted it, Clark stated that he didn't think so. Quote, but sometimes it pops up. Just when I was thinking it's not a problem, it becomes a problem. I've been in New York, forever, almost, and I've never been in a gallery except Brada, and a dealer never took me, even though I know I'm an exceptional artist. They never did, I don't know why. Someone said Basquiat was influenced by me a little bit. He came to my studio one time before he was famous, and I didn't even know he was here until someone said he came over. I like him, though. Now, when they talk about black artists... They always mentioned Bearden, Lawrence, and all those guys, but then Basquiat came out of nowhere and got 10 times the money that they got. I'm not so sure he's really that important, but maybe he is. And if you're black, you can't even say anything about how they discriminate when there's Basquiat. Obviously, he's black, and everything he touched is worth a lot of money. On October 18th, 2019, Edward Clark died at a care center in Gross Point Farms, Michigan. At the age of 93. Clark, in his lifetime, has received many awards. His work has been exhibited all over the world and is part of collections in several art institutions and museums, from the Studio Museum in Harlem to the Centro de Arte Moderno in Guadalajara, Mexico. Clark guarded his private thoughts on worldviews and his background from unwelcome intruders and has been quoted from one of his last in-depth interviews as saying, I'm a painter and nothing else. With this, he has allowed his work and in innovation to speak for itself. If you'd like to see the works of Ed Clark in person and you're in Los Angeles, his work will be available for view until January 10, 2021 at Hauser & Wirth. His work is also on exhibition at the Whitney Museum of American Art in New York. Today's episode was sponsored by Heart of Yamala, creators of high-quality personal care products. To get yours, go to H-E-A-R-T-O-F-Y-E-M-A-L-L-A dot This episode was researched and produced by me, Kobina Wright. The theme music was created by Ade. To see images from this episode, go to our website at thewholeartnebula.com. You can also visit us on Instagram at thewholeartnebula. And if you liked this episode somebody and i'd be so happy if you left a five-star review this is this is the